I think that um, because I'm an introvert, I'm more of a listener than a talker. So I think I learn a lot that way. And so I'm always listening to people. I'm Carly Zakin. I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to Skim from the Couch. This podcast is where we go deep on career advice from women who have lived it. From the good stuff like hiring and growing a team. To the rough stuff like negotiating your salary and giving or getting hard feedback. We started the Skim from a Couch, so what better place to talk it all out than where it began on a couch? So please welcome Eileen Fisher to the couch. You probably don't need us to tell you that Eileen is the woman behind Eileen Fisher, the clothing brand that's all about simple, elegant designs. Eileen started her career way back in the 80s with no experience in fashion or clothing after she had spent 10 years as a graphic and interior designer. Since then, she's built Eileen Fisher into a $400 million plus business. Wow goals. Eileen, we are so excited to have you here. Welcome to the couch. Oh, well, thank you. Good to be here. We couldn't be uh, more excited to talk to you. Um, We want to first jump into your resume. Skim your resume for us. What are the highlights? Oh, my resume. Oh, goodness. Well, I've worked at Eileen Fisher so long, it's hard to remember um, what was going on before that. But anyway, um, uh, yes, I went to um, University of Illinois, studied home ec, interior design, (laughs) Um, came to New York and uh, worked in uh, interior design um, and then worked in graphic design for a number of years, Um, uh, ended up in Japan, um, and um, uh, that's how, how I got started with the business. I was 33 when I started the clothing business. Oh, what is not on your resume that we couldn't find? Oh, Oh, you wouldn't find I was divorced. You wouldn't find, <laughs> um, well, maybe my two kids are on, on my resume. Um, uh, let's see. I don't know. that I wor- Oh, that I worked at Burger King. That's not on my oh, resume. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> a great what'd you, one. What did you do at Burger King? Um, I did everything. I was 16. So, you know, I did took you the flip money. The I flipped burgers, right. Were you good? Uh, no, I was, I was <laughs> fine. I did what I did. You know, I'm... You know, it was kind of a silly, fun place to work in those days, which is probably different than today. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking about today, Eileen Fisher is a huge company. There are over 60 brick and mortar locations, and the company does more than $400 million in revenue each year. But the story of how you got started is pretty unusual. So let's go back to the 70s. You mentioned the trip to Japan. Can you go into it a little bit more? What started all of this? Okay, well, um, I was working and living with my Japanese partner, and um, we ended up going to Japan several times for different projects. And while I was there, I was very inspired by the kimono and by the simplicity of the Japanese designs and the little wide leg pants. They wore these blood pants, you know, out in the fields. Um, and just, um, I liked the simplicity. And, you know, so I started kind of thinking a lot about this idea of designing clothes. And I just, um, yeah, I guess I got inspired there. That was really what happened. Did you, as an interior designer, were you often inspired by design in terms of fashion? Or was that the first time you really saw the connection between the two? Yeah. Um, You know, it's funny because I think when I was in school, I might have studied clothing design, except for that in those days, it was kind of the 
um, late 60s, early 70s, and clothing was out of fashion or something, you know, hippies and all that stuff. And it was just <laughs> jeans and T-shirts. And I don't know. Um, we didn't, you know, it was kind of out of fashion to think about clothes. <laughs> so that's a funny thing. So, um, yeah. When you, you know, I, I find it fascinating that you had no background in clothing design from a, in right. a vocational way. Um, and you had no background in running a business. Oh, God, no. Right. So walk us through from your traveling to Japan, <laughs> you you uh, admire the simplicity of their aesthetic and right. you, you, you're you sensing something, there's an opportunity. Right. How do you go from that to what you actually started? Well, yeah, that took five years. So um, I kept seeing these kind of pictures, you know, of these simple shapes and simple clothes in my mind. And I was always struggling to find you know, what I wanted to wear. And I had worn a uniform when I was young for 12 years, actually, Catholic school. And the crazy thing is I hated it then, but it was so easy. You just got up and you didn't think about what you were going to wear. And so, you know, you could get up, you know, 15 minutes before you had to be on the bus and uh, uh, still be ready on time and even have breakfast. (laughs) So, but you know, then as I was trying to be a designer, look like a designer, whatever, you know, shopping for clothes, I would literally get sick. I would just be like this. Does this go with this? Oh, my God. I couldn't find simple things. I would like this if I could just take this and this off of it and just make it you simpler. You sound like us. Yeah. <laughs> or we sound like you. <laughs> no, well, oh, yeah. Well, it's cool. It's cool. I'm very interested in what you all are doing, but I know we're supposed to be talking about me. So well, I think <laughs> one of the, it's cool. Well, yeah, it's cool, cool what you're doing though. Very, Thank very you. cool. Thank you. One of the big things that we think about all the time is um, there's not enough time in the day and optimizing yeah. the decisions that you really yeah. need to make. And it sounds like that was an inspiration for you. Yeah. Yeah. I was always kind of jealous of men, you know, they had these kind of simple ways of getting dressed and they didn't have to spend time so they could think about the news and, and, and the other things, the work that they were doing. Whereas, you know, I would feel like I was wasting a half an hour trying to put this, does this go with this, that kind of thing. Or just even shopping, so much time spent shopping. So I think that was at the root of the idea to make it simple, make it simple for me, make it simple for women, um, sort of you know, you know, a woman who works with me always talks about it. it was like it was like a liberation for women. It was an idea, not just the simplicity or the the movement or the freedom, but the idea that it was a system and that it worked together, and you could sort of build on it and not throw things away and not waste, um, so and not waste too much time either. You're you're sitting on this opportunity. At what point did it click for you? Hey, like I got to go do this and and figure out how to make this a business. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, I think uh, I, I I was thinking a lot about it, and I had left the boyfriend and the you know partner, and so you know I was stumbling around. I had a few clients, and it was just hard, you know, kind of making ends meet. And um, but I kept thinking about that idea, and so um, I ended up at a boutique show with a friend. And uh, they were, you know, people, small designers show their clothes and accessories, things like that. And I just remember walking around and I had been very nervous about trying to show my clothes. Other friends would take their clothes to Bloomingdale's or Bendel's and stand in line and show them to the buyers. And I and I was too shy for that. And so I remember that um, when I saw the the these small booths at the boutique show, I remember thinking, oh, I could do that. 
that would be how I could show the clothes, even though I didn't have any clothes. <laughs> I was going to say, where did no, the clothes come from? <laughs> I had no fabric. I had no clothes. I don't even think I, I think I had a sewing machine at the time, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, I really didn't sew very well, you know. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, so I ended up going to a show and thinking about it. And then I decided at some point, um, I had a friend who uh, didn't, wasn't going to be able to go back to the show. So he, uh, you know, talked me into, or, you know, suggested I should take his part of the booth. Um, he was he was doing jewelry at the time. So anyway, I took this little eight-foot wall at the back of the boutique show, and uh, I had three weeks to put my line together. And I didn't know even what it meant, put a line together. I never even... So what, I did, what did you do? So I, um, I had another friend who suggested um, a woman who was a pattern maker and a sewer. So I, I lived in Tribeca, and there were a lot of artists around, and so people knew people and connected me like that. And so this young woman came and helped me um, make my first patterns and find fabric and find the first sewing factory and, you know, help me cut the pieces out and all that. And we ended up at the boutique show with, you know, four garments in three colors. So I had 12 garments. <laughs> and I sold, you know, $3,000 with the clothes. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> Were you scared? I was terrified. I was utterly terrified. I, I literally couldn't speak. I, you know, I, I didn't know what to charge for the clothes. I just stood there, you know, so... That that buyers would come back. They came back and talked to me. You know, the, the first day they just said, "I just said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to charge." I, I style numbers. What is a style number? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> one, <laughs> one. I remember going. I better, I better. I I called the first style numbers one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three, one hundred four. So they wouldn't know that they were my yeah, first I, pieces. That's actually smart. <laughs> I would have done oh uh, one. Um, how did you, how quickly, how soon after that did you start actually building a team? I think it was when I really felt that I had a business uh, after I got that group of $40,000 of orders. And When we were doing research for this interview, we asked people, uh, like, what are you like? And we were told, like, you're very elegant, you're very lovely, and you're very quiet. I am curious, as someone who has described themselves as an introvert, why'd you call your company Eileen Fisher if your name is Eileen Fisher? <laughs> The truth is I couldn't think of anything else. I had three weeks to put the line together and to show something. And I already had a business, you know, as a designer. So I had a, you know, I was registered. So I don't even know if I was a registered, but I, I had a bank account in that name. How long so. did it take to get used to your name, like becoming a, like your identity sort of being separated from a brand name oh, and yeah. being kind of put on the spotlight like that? yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think it's still really weird. You know, <laughs> I, I still have this weird experience where people say, wow, I didn't even know you were real. Or <laughs> we are on a 10-city tour right now, meeting lots of skimmers and talking to amazing moderators about how to skim your life. That's right. Our book is finally out, and we cannot wait for you to read it. It covers all the most important parts of being an adult, like negotiating your salary, saving for retirement, and the most important thing, reading a wine list. It's the perfect gift for a recent grad or anyone who could use a crash course in adulting. It's the kind of book you're going to want to have on your coffee table so you can keep coming back to it. So what are you waiting for? Go get your copy at theskim.com slash book. That's theskim.com slash book. 
So one of the things that I think is is interesting as we've been doing this podcast, we talk to managers who are extroverts and they're kind of the more obvious mold of a leader. Right. And then we talk to leaders who we admire and have learned a lot from. And what we found as more of a theme for us are that they're introverted because we right. really uh, have that part of our yeah. us as well, which I think people don't necessarily see and pick up on. Yeah. How have you used that as a strength? In yeah. building the company. Oh, that's good. I think that um, because I'm an introvert, I'm more of a listener than a talker. So I think I learn a lot that way. And so I'm always listening to people. And I'm always kind of kind of reading the energy and trying to feel where things are going. And so I'm, I always sort of include a lot of people in the thought process, that sort of collaborative model. Um, I just, I really listen. I even think in the very early days, I would listen to the buyers, I'd go and sit on their side of the table and kind of solicit their real genuine feelings of what do you really think about this line? Whereas most of the designers, the other designers would be like, this is it. You buy it like this, you wear it like this, you do it like this. And I'd be like, huh. You know, for me, it was a, it was kind of a working with, breathing with someone and trying to understand how they saw it and, and letting them contribute to the to the line, to the process. We've, we've talked about, I don't know if the expression for us is we're introverted extroverts or extroverted <laughs> introverts, but our natural like state of being is more introverted. Yeah. We have to turn it on when yeah. we're hiring, when we're rallying mm -hmm. a team, when we're yeah. fundraising. Um, and we come back to no one's going to fight for our brand mm. harder than us. Mm. And so our job really, it really is to be the chief evangelist. Nice. How do you think about that as someone yeah. who is an introvert. Yeah, that's very interesting. I'm probably actually a shy extrovert. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, uh, I, I'm so passionate about what I do and about the clothes and the company and all the projects and all the sustainability work and the women's work that we do that I just think when I get, someone gets me talking about it, I get excited and I just come from that place, you know. When you think about kind of who you are today at your core, do you think of yourself as a clothing designer or do you think of yourself oh, as a businesswoman? That's so interesting. I always write clothing designer. I would, No, you know what? I write designer. Okay. Because I think of myself as more like conceptual and like big picture kind of thinking, you know, so I'm, I'm really interested in ideas and concepts, even more than clothing itself. So even the clothing that I do, I think of it more as a concept. You know, it's simple pieces and how they go together. I'm not always so attached to the specific pieces that it has to be this way or that way. I let the designers on the team really think about that and which fabrics are we using now and how it's going together now and, you know, what people want, how we style it, how we put it together, things like that. Do you think of yourself as a businesswoman today? Um, you know, I do. I never write that down when I'm, you know, ask what my job is. But mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I guess so. You know, I, I accidental, <laughs> accidental. I, I'm always freaked out at the fact that we're a corporation that just kind of really uh, never sits with me. You know, I'm, I'm like, I really want to make different kind of business model. So that's a great segue because we're going to talk a little bit about the unusual structure that Eileen Fisher, the company, has. Yeah. Well, I think um, the company has been through many iterations around leadership. And, you know, in the early days, it was just kind of me, sort of creative director or something like that. And, uh, you know... CFO and, you know, somebody heading different departments, sales, things like that, and us kind of working together. 
Um, and then over the years, uh, it got more complex with a whole retail arm and all that. And so we ended up uh, hiring two people to be the co-COOs. So I was a chief creative officer and we had two co-COOs and then we had a CFO uh, and we had a head of people and culture. Uh, and so that we all sort of worked together as kind of a small leadership team. Uh, and then the company sort of just continued to wildly grow. But it, it, it held pretty well and was quite successful with a pretty small group that were very collaborative and no official CEO. And at that time, did you have a board or was it just No you board. Guys? It was just us. So was, that ever, was there ever a moment where one person needed to make a final decision? Uh, yeah, there were some times. Yeah, there How'd were some times. <laughs> um, I hated that. Um, things like, were we going to take new office space or, you know, um, um, opening new stores? Uh, how many would we open? Uh, I wasn't good at saying no if somebody was really passionate about something. Um, but um, sometimes I had to make hard decisions and that was kind of painful. How do you disagree like, what's your style? Um, I'm not so good. Um, I'm learning. I, I'm learning. It's crazy how how big this company is and how much yeah. I'm, I learn. How many employees do you have? 1,200. Oh, my Jeez. gosh. I know. I can't even fathom. No, no. It's crazy. It is really hard. Did you think it was going to be this big? Never. Never. No. No. Um, I knew the idea was big. You know, I knew it was bigger than me. and uh, But I don't think I saw the people. I saw lots of clothes. I imagined there would be lots of clothes, but I didn't. I actually think that's a good, like we could ask that too. I mean, obviously you're such a different scale. I'm not trying to compare the sizes no, of our business, but, but we could ask that too. And I think it's like, I don't, I never could picture the people, like the amount of people right. it would take to do it. Right. But like, you know, when you're sitting on something special. Right. I could picture the products. Yeah. But I can right. kind of picture actually how you do it. Right. Exactly. Danielle, guess what? You got a new toothbrush. Can you let me tell my story? Do you know how I knew that you got a new toothbrush? How? Because I bought a new toothbrush for the book tour, and it's our favorite. <laughs> I checked the mail yesterday, and I got my Quip uh, toothbrush heads. We are just very big fans of Quip, in case you couldn't tell. They we are. Just the best bristles. They automatically send you um, new brush heads. We love Quip. Over 1 million others do too. Quip starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash scam right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That is your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash skim. One of, um, again, in our research, I really enjoyed researching for this. Oh, uh, you're very interesting. And uh, we read that once in an interview, you asked, when is fashion week? <laughs> and I, it made me laugh out loud because it's just not what you would expect, obviously, from someone who is right. the, the founder of a right. fashion brand, a clothing brand. I'm sort of the anti-fashion gal. So, I mean, tell, like, tell us about that. Like, How have you been able to sort of go against the grain and allow that to scale and protect that? Yeah. Uh, I think it's really about serving women and not so much trying to make a real 
you know, statement every season that's unique and different every season. It's really more, you know, what do women need? You know, what do I want to be comfortable? And just kind of, you know, working working in that way. So it's more about real people and how we really live and how we really work rather than, you know, like we never did a fashion show you know, it's not about... You never did a fashion show? No. I mean, we've done it at department stores, things yeah. like that, you know, small things, but not, you know, like a big high-profile mm-hmm. fashion show. If you, I assume you could if you wanted to. So, uh, you know, I always consider the clothes kind of too simple and maybe not, not newsworthy. That's a weird thing, yeah. you know? I guess I was told that enough times in the <laughs> early days. You You talked a lot about simple and elegant and also not having to think about changing something season by season. At the right. same time, how do you how do you innovate and how do you create that in the culture? Yeah. So, I think we're we're always looking at fabrics because it's really the fabric it starts with fabric. Uh, so we're always trying to innovate and now it's so much around sustainability, you know, recycled cashmere and responsible wool and all these different things, you know. Um, so it starts there, but it's also the teams that we have a whole design team and they're, they do research the trends. And so we try to be on track with colors and we try to, you know, sort of follow shifting proportions and, you know, necklines and things like that, but always try to keep it within a kind of timeless model. So how can we make that more streamlined or more simple or more timeless, but still try to belong to this moment? Where... Are you still in the weeds in the business? Where do oh, you really dig yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess I'm struggling a lot in the area of marketing and how we tell our story and how we get out there more. I used to be more in it and sort of I go into the area where I feel like it's sort of not clear. Um, you know, like... I've been more back into the areas of both the clothing and the marketing lately because I think we haven't kind of nailed it on how we're going to reach the next generation. And Not that I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. But I think we're struggling to figure out how we tell, how we really tell our sustainability story, which is different. We're not, we're not just making one product that's sustainable you know, recycle poly this or something like that, or we take our clothes back. Mm -hmm. We've been doing that for 10 years. We've been on this path for many, many years. So, but I don't know how to tell that story because it's not one simple story. Anyway, you're asking me about the weeds and how I get into the weeds, but you hear me. Yeah, I I, I understand. (laughs) Where do you go for inspiration when you talk about that you don't know the answers and you know which questions you need to raise? Yeah, I think it's mostly our teams. Um, and, you know, other outsiders, I ask my daughter sometimes, <laughs> um, but mostly the internal teams, cause they're kind of on, they're watching and they know what's working and not working. And they, they have a lot to offer and they're thinking a lot about it. And it's cool the way they dress. <laughs> <laughs> what part of the business are you not good at? And are like, I'm not going to touch this. Um, production. Mm-hmm. I've always tried to stay out of that area cause technically I am not good uh, so production kind of overwhelms me. Um, I used to be good at the finances. I don't get in the weeds on it mm-hmm. so much, though I think I should, I, I'm pretty good at it when I do. Um, I think your revenue speaks for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to go to our favorite segment. Oh, this is the hardest part for me. I think the I was going to say, part. I don't it's think you're going to like this one. All right. It's a lightning round. Okay. You're going to have to answer fast. Um, 
as fast as you can. All right, you ready? Okay, I'm going to try. But okay. remember, like, you have to wait for my brain to... Right. Okay, we'll be patient. What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Uh, a dancer. Even uh, though I never took a dance class in my ask. life. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually couldn't even do steps for sure. So, um, Well, I think you said your college major, so... Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Was It was home ec, right? Home ec. Right. What did that consist of? Oh, let's see. What did it consist of? Sewing. Um, I had to take a cooking class. Um, uh, fabrics. Uh, let's see. I, I did uh, interior design, you know, so um, decorating, how to decorate houses. <laughs> uh, you know, all the different periods of, you know, yeah. furniture and furnishings uh, and architecture and those kinds of things. Crazy. First job. First job. Well, I guess Burger King. Okay. Worst job. Worst job. Oh, worst job. Uh, let's see. Well, the worst part of my job is having to fire people. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's that counts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Worst professional mistake you've made. Oh, worst professional mistake. Oh, yikes. Um, I've, I've made mistakes in hiring in important places. So that's been hard. Um, I think a person in the uh, wrong place can make a lot of wrong choices. First, yeah. first phone call when you get good news. Oh, um, I have a partner in my life. Oh, he's been there off and on for 15, oh, 17 years. <laughs> uh, so I call him first. <laughs> and my daughter, it depends on what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what about when it's bad news? Oh, bad news. Oh, I, oh let's see him too. Okay. When's the last time you negotiated for yourself? Oh, I have to do that all the time. Every day. I just came out of a meeting this morning. I'm still negotiating. It's like <laughs> the things I see, the things I want, you know, I'm really still learning to step up. And, you know, the company's bigger now and it's harder. What is your go-to interview question when you're hiring someone? Oh, go-to. What, what, why did you come to interview here? What brought you here? What, in, you know, interested you about us? How do people know you're stressed? Oh, can't you tell? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'm kind of nervous. I'm uncomfortable, you know, so it's maybe you can tell. I don't know. No, no. Yeah. You're like very calm. Yeah, you seem very very calm. Calm. You seem Oh, my very God. Calm. I am so nervous. That is so wild. No, you seem so calm. I'm always so, nervous being interviewed. What God. do you like when you're like really invigorated? <laughs> Like, if this is you nervous, I never would have guessed. I so, dance, okay. I stretch, I, you know, I, I don't run around much anymore, but I used to <laughs> ski. <laughs> what drives you? What drives me? Um, you know, I think ideas drive me. You know, I see a picture, I'm trying to go for it. I, you know, I think it can work. It matters. You know, like, I really want to change business. I really want to change the fashion industry. The planet is inspiring me right now just to try to, you know, keep it alive, <laughs> do what we can. Who have you not dressed, who has not worn Eileen Fisher clothing that oh, you would like to? Oh, no, that's a bad question for me because mm -hmm. I'm really bad about celebrities and, okay. you know, so... Um, Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah. 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 What do you want for the company at this stage? Um, you know, I want I want the company to be a model um, of a new way of doing business, of a more holistic way, maybe a women's way in a certain way. Um, but I think that um, businesses are so much more than profit, and and I you know I want 
I, I want it to be good and I want it to be whole and I want I want it to serve women and I want it to serve the planet and I want it to be a new kind of business model. Okay, last question. You survived. What's your shameless plug? My shameless plug? Oh, um, let's see. My shameless plug? Um, I don't know. Um, uh, support us. We're doing our best. <laughs> We're trying to change the world. Help us out, you know? <laughs> that is a, a great note to end on. Eileen Fisher, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next week for another episode of Skim from the Couch. And if you can't wait until then, subscribe to our daily email newsletter that gives you all the important news and information you need to start your day. Sign up at theskim.com. That's the S-K-I-M-M dot com. Two M's for a little something extra. 